to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, joins me as we continue the Metro Division 2022-23 regular season preview. Uh, if you missed our uh, our part one, we did the Washington Capitals, the New Jersey Devils, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, this time on the docket to start the show, Carolina Hurricanes and... Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna see how many we get through on this show, and uh, you know, as as far as the remaining five, maybe we we'll have to do a part three, maybe not. But we're gonna start with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. But before we do that, uh, Justin, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. How's it going? It's it's going it's going great. Um, another you know a beautiful day out there today. A nice sunny day before. Uh, I think this might be our last like really hot weekend. You know, it's supposed yeah, that, to- that makes me sad. Yeah, it's supposed to be in the eight and like the middle mid eighties uh, over the weekend, and then I think it's just going to get a little a little cooler. Start moving into that perma fall weather, like mid seventies for us up here in Michigan, and uh, it'll be. I personally love the fall; it's my favorite time of year. Got to be hands down. Uh, yeah, just, I'm I'm with you because hockey's right. Yeah. Hockey starts. So why hockey why starts? It be? I mean, you got college football last weekend kicking off. Like it was, it's just a good time of year for sports. It's a good time of year for the weather because I just don't do super well in the blazing hot. I was out planting cover crops and uh, my fruit forest that I have, and uh, I was melting trying to move mulch around and topsoil. Dude, I sweat too much, dude. I was, and it, you know what? When you're working with dirt, and then you sweat. The dirt just like cakes. It sits on you and it like <laughs> it doesn't go away. You can like go and you try to like wash it off and it just is like you just smell like dirt until you go take a full on shower, which I have not done. But that's you know, that's why I sit alone in my basement and you see, you sit alone there uh, in your office. So uh, we don't have to worry about smelling each other today, uh, which is great. Uh, if you were coming over, I would have taken a shower. We'll just, we'll just say that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And to our to our listeners, you know, I know you have a very low risk of ever smelling either one of us unless we start doing some smell-o-vision. You know, is that, is that like going to be the – maybe that, that'll be Instagram's next thing. It's like, yeah, we've done all the video stuff. We've got all that. Let's make it so that people can smell through their phone or something. Yeah, that'll be the next thing. Do you remember smell-o-vision? Did you ever go to that? No. <laughs> it was like a th- it was a thing. I think it was more a thing in like the 70s or something like that, but there was uh there's stuff at like Disney World and other places where they they still kind of do it and it's it's unique but weird and sometimes you get sprayed with like misted with water or you smell an apple pie as they're making it in the in the movie. It's kind of cool, but anyways, you're here to hear about hockey. So, we're going to talk Carolina Hurricanes to start. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to say as we jump into the hurricanes that this is the second year in a row where this team has experienced a considerable amount of turnover to the, uh, the top, I'll I'll say the top part of their roster, the, you know, top six, the top four defensemen, uh, second year in a row, lots of turnover, it didn't affect the Hurricanes last year. They started nine and zero. Uh, does it have an effect in twenty twenty two twenty three? That's a great question. Actually, I mean, listen, this team is uh, 
is definitely going to be different again, right? That's that's the big thing. At least this year, they they managed to hold on to their goaltending for another year, so uh, <laughs> right, didn't, right. didn't move anybody out. I mean, that one shocked me more than anything. Like, let's just get rid of our our goaltending did great in the playoffs. Let's just go ahead and just scorch earth, scorch earth everything. So over like half a million bucks to right, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then they end up spending more money anyways on goaltending. So, um, so yeah, I mean, listen, this, this team has got a couple big new names in here, right? The, the big one, in my opinion, is Brent Burns, right? They've sure. finally got a guy to come in, and he's going to play 20, 25 minutes a night, no problem. But uh, more importantly, I think he's going to fill in that, you know, that hole left by Tony D'Angelo uh, leaving and heading and, to Philadelphia. And, and I'll say I, uh, to, to an even greater extent – I believe he fills the hole left by Dougie Hamilton when he left via free agency two years ago. Even more so, yes, sir. At least yeah, from the, I, from an offensive standpoint, you know, uh, Burns put up what fifty four points last year. So, yeah, I mean, Tony D'Angelo put up a, a ton of points and was was great. But I mean, let's face it, I I don't think you're going to get that all around game that Brett Burns brings. And granted, he's not the hockey player he once was in his Norris days, but. Um, he still he still brings it every night. He's great a great veteran presence, and I think he's going to add a little bit something to this power play, which wasn't bad. I mean, they were 22% finished 13, 13th in the league, so I, I expect that number to maybe go up just slightly. Um, and then not only that, but now you've got up front, you've got a guy, granted, starting the year on injured reserve, but Max Pacioretty that you essentially – get for free from Vegas for future consideration. I mean, and Dylan Coughlin that like, right. <laughs> I'm not balking at getting Dylan Coughlin for free. He may not, uh, he may not be a regular in the lineup, uh, with Jake Gardner potentially coming back. Sounds like Gardner will be back, uh, this year. So I, I think it's probably, you know, you're, you're Slavin Burns, Brady Shea, uh, PC, uh, Pisky, and and then Ethan Bear's probably a lock to play most of the games. Pesci, sorry, I don't know why it's Pisky. Um, <laughs> I have a friend, and her last name is Pisky, and so there you go. That's, um, but yeah, as far I mean, Jake Gardner, you got to think, assuming he's healthy and comes back, like he's going to be an everyday player. So probably Coughlin is a guy that is playing when needed. Is it would be my assumption, but uh, still, I mean. You grab Pacioretty and a free bottom pairing defenseman for nothing, right? And this this guy's only twenty four years old, so uh, Coughlin still has time to develop, and he could turn out to be a nice middling pair guy for this team in the future. Uh, especially considering Brady Shea and Brett Pesci only have two years left before UFA status, so you might lose one of them. Uh, you might lose both. Hopefully not. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. And then not, you know. And then speaking of, you know, facelifts and changes to this roster up front too. The other big one that they, you know, unfortunately lost was uh, Vincent Trocheck. He went over to the Rangers and to replace Ryan Strom there. And uh, I don't blame Carolina for not wanting to give him seven years at his age. And uh, you know, yes, that's going to be a little risky for the Rangers, and you know, might pay off initially, but in the long term, might be a little bit of a risk. Um, that's to be determined later, but um, this team certainly does have quite a bit of young talent looking to make a move, right? You've got guys like Cook and Niemi that they've given a long-term extension to that they expect to take another step. You've got Martin Nicius, um, who we've heard his name on, floating on the trade block a couple times, so um, here's an opportunity for a guy like that to step up. And then they go out and they get another guy who I think was probably one of the best value signings this offseason, granted a little bit later in the offseason, 
Paul Stasny comes in at a one-year, $1.5 million contract. And to me, this is a guy who can both play on the wing, play at center, and he can slot anywhere basically in your middle six and give you production. I mean, he had a very productive year last year. What, close to 50 points for a guy that was playing on a mediocre Jets team? I mean, yeah, yeah 45 points yeah, in 71 21 games. Goals. 21 goals, too, for a 35-year-old. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he, he was a great pickup, especially at $1.5 bucks. Uh, no risk. No, no risk at all. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the, there's, there's one player that I, I do wonder if the hurricanes, uh, are going to miss him more than even Trocheck. Uh, I wonder if the hurricanes miss Nino Niederreiter. Uh, sure. Nino Niederreiter was fantastic for them and he played on the most consistent line for that team. Uh, Niederreiter played with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Fast, and that line was murderous in terms of their ability to to keep the puck, keep possession. That line, they played 53 games they played together uh, for 533 minutes total. Um, the wow. next, The next line in terms of uh, playing together the most was Nietzsche's Trocek and Shvetsnikov playing 214 minutes. So more, more than double the amount of time played together. So, I mean, that was their most consistent line. I mean, you look at 34 goals for 13 against. They Their, their Fenwick and Corsi were both above 59. Uh, they were just... They, they were a possession hog. And what that does for the rest of that lineup... Uh, when you can send those guys out and they can just have the puck in the offensive zone, wearing down defenses um, and g- scoring goals in bunches as well. I mean, they were their highest scoring line uh, as w- line pairing. Uh, th- I mean, that's just something you're going to miss. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all, right? But uh, what I will say in you know in Carolina's defense, I think they've got such a such a great system that not necessarily they can plug anybody in there but um you know they can definitely you know get some some mediocre talent and make them a little bit better than maybe what they actually are right so for a guy like in my opinion paul stasny right he's a great middle six guy but he might turn out to be you know even better than he was last year coming into a system like this where you know he's he's very responsible on both ends of the ice both you know offensively and defensively so he's going to fit in very very well with this team and you know, maybe he slides into that number two center spot and doesn't have to face, you know, the the opposition's, you know, top lines. Obviously, that's that's Jordan Stahl's job. But, you know, then you can also put, you know, Sebastian Ajo out there against maybe their second best, you know, offensive units. So a guy like Paul Stasny can go out there, you know, and play minutes against, you know, teams third lines, third pairings, and doesn't really have to worry about, you know, having those matchups and can seem like a more consistent offensive and defensive player that way. So, I mean, again um, – you know, I, I think this team's going to be all right. I think they've got plenty of talent here. And and then the great thing is, is come trade deadline time, you know, you're going to get Max Pacioretty back basically as your trade acquisition dead, you know, sure. pickup. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And add a whole new level to this team as far as scoring is concerned. Yeah. When he is dropped into this lineup, you, yeah, it's going to be a much scarier, especially if he's, if he stays healthy, if he's as productive as he was. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, that they, uh, of course, I mean, Carolina's offense was really good last year. I mean, really, their defense was tops in the league, I believe, uh, number one uh, in goals against 
in the NHL. Uh, you know, you add even just like these subtle moves like Andre Kasha. If he can stay healthy for the first time ever, uh, he's a good pickup. I mean, he was good for the Leafs when he was healthy, uh, putting up more than more than a point every other game. I, I think he's a nice player to have down there. I, there's They have lots and lots of depth uh, to where they could essentially afford to lose a Trocheck and still be in a, a position to compete. My biggest question is going to be, it, can Jesperi uh, Kokanyemi actually play center? Because even last year, he he didn't necessarily prove that he's a... Like, you've sold me on him being a center. Uh, he played with a lot of different players. He played on the wing a lot. He played at center. So there's still those question marks for me. And that is that is a big hole if your second-line center just... You know, he only put up twenty nine points. It's yeah, not, he, and he, but he was only playing twelve minutes a game. Right, he hasn't sold me on being a top six guy, but he's getting paid like he is. So, yeah, yeah, you got to. He's got to be playing more than twelve minutes a game. I mean, I'll, I'll say in his defense, it's hard to get into a game when you're when you're that type of player. Um, it's hard to get into it when you're only playing twelve minutes a game. That's not much. That's uh, very much third line minutes, which I suppose maybe they were sheltering him and, and trying to get him to to learn the system a little bit more. But um, yeah, goaltending. Uh, we, we haven't really talked too much goaltending yet. Uh, any, I guess, yeah, we saw Frederick Anderson do what Frederick Anderson does best, and that's uh, get injured right as uh, the regular <laughs> season is ending, and that left anti Ranta, and, and and Ranta was not. Uh, by any means, I don't think he was really the reason that they lost. He certainly, they didn't win with him, though. And, uh, you know, you got to ask the question, do you think Frederick Anderson can stay healthy enough to go into the playoffs and, and be their starter? In my mind, he is the better goaltender, for sure. He's the better goaltender. Uh, can he stay healthy? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. Well, I mean, I should say $4.5 million question, and you know, I think this being a contract year for him too, right? His health is really going to determine what kind of extension he gets from Carolina, if any at all. And so, you know, if, if you have a guy who consistently is injured and injured in the worst possible times, um, you know, if you're Carolina, why would you want to re-sign a guy like this? Granted, yes, when he's healthy, he's probably top seven, top eight goaltender, you know, in the league, but that doesn't help you when you're hurt all the time, right? So, you know, I mean, he, he, play, he did play 52 games. It's not like it's not like he only got in 38 games or something like that. Like, sure, yeah, no, he, absolutely he played 52, not. But I, I think that maybe that number needs to be lower. And I, I don't think it's a. Uh, I, I do. Auntie Ranta was injured in the beginning of the year, was it? Was he injured? At, he, I I feel like he was injured at some point. He was, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he he really his stats in the playoffs were very comparable to Frederick Anderson's in the regular season. Yeah. So he, he did elevate himself to essentially Anderson level, uh, stats for the playoffs. Um, Carolina just kind of has to Carolina's in this weird spot where they have lots of depth scoring. They're a lot like St. Louis in some respects, lots of depth scoring. Uh, You know, they've, they've got plenty of guys who can score a whole bunch of goals, uh, but maybe they don't have that super superstar. Like they don't have anybody that's going to put up the the hundred points or you know or, or like really take over a game. 
uh, the way that some other teams in this division have. Uh, it's it's not that Sebastian Ajo is a bad player. But I mean, I, I'll take him on my team any day. Uh, but Sebastian Ajo is not Artemi Panarin. He's not uh, Sidney Crosby or... Uh, uh, even I don't I don't even know if I would put him. I guess I'd put him in the same category as like Matthew Barzell, right? Like not necessarily similar in the way that they play, but similar in the way that they uh, in their rank, like their their categorical ranking of you know superstar, maybe that notch below a superstar. Uh, so I, I just don't know if ultimately they have the personnel to elevate them come playoff time. And that's that's always going to be the question, like, to help them to win the cup. I, I don't doubt whether this team can win rounds or, you know, but it's whether they can win the cup with the team that they have. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's one thing I've talked about in some of our, um, you know, end-of-the-season wrap-up shows is, to me, you know, the one thing missing from this Carolina team was a goal scorer who can just take over the game, right, a superstar. Now, when you talk about Sebastian Ajo, to me, he is a star in this league. I pretty much put him on the same level kind of as far as what he does on both the offensive and defensive side of the puck. I compare him to a John Tavares, right? He's very, very good in the faceoff circle, brings a great two-way game and can still put up about a point per game. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's been super consistent the last you know few years, uh, minus one little season, little hiccup. But um, yeah, for the most part, I, I think this team, you know, hopes that they found that in Matt Pacioretty, a guy who can come in, you know, when they're, they're in the playoff hunt. They're, you know, down that stretch or maybe, you know, in that that grind of a seven-game series and, you know, their top line goes stale, right? Maybe Seth Jarvis being a 20-year-old just maybe just doesn't bring in the playoffs or, you know, Koke Niemi is just, you know, a wash at this point. So they need a guy to step up and score some goals and you just can't rely on Sebastian Ajo all the time to do that for you. So, uh, you or, know, or Shvetsnikov, Petr- yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, Max Petcheretti hopefully is that guy for them. Right. He, to, and he can be that second top. line, uh, that extra threat that you throw over, you know, the, the other guys come off and he comes on. Uh, it's, and, and of course, who, who, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, well, yes, I would rather have Max Petcheretti over Martin Nietzsche's. Like, it's not a knock on Nietzsche's, but Petcheretti could score 30, 35 goals. Nietzsche's, uh, you know, maybe maybe his ceiling's a twenty goal score. Uh, so I think I think that's that'll be certainly an upgrade. Uh, you also have to think Seth Jarvis is going to take another step here. He had a fantastic rookie season, seventeen goals in sixty eight games for four and forty points. Uh, he had a he had a decent playoff. You know, eight points in fourteen games. Uh, no one's no one's knocking him for the playoffs that he had in terms of his production. Uh, but he's only going to get better here. I mean, he's only 20 years old. Uh, I would expect that he's going to top 20 goals. Uh, I I would assume that he's going to top 25 goals here and really kind of cement himself as that uh, the the winger for Sebastian Ajo and uh, playing opposite side of Svetsnikov. And you've got a pretty dangerous top line there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you, you probably want to go with Svetsnikov, Ajo, and Jarvis to start the year. Um, now, whether they last the whole season that way is another story because sure. to me, I think Sveshnikov is some guy, you, you know, somebody you can drop down in your second line, give you a little bit more scoring flexibility. Maybe you bring up a guy like, Teravainen, you know, Andre Kasha, yeah, Teravainen, uh, maybe even Koka Niemi, put him on that wing with Ajo and, and you give, you know, Stasny a look at that second line center spot. But 
regardless, there's flexibility there now that maybe they didn't have before because now they have another established winger who can, you know, dish the puck, score a couple goals here. So I think a full season of Jarvis, I, I expect him to take, like you said, another step forward and potentially be that 25 goal scorer that, you know, maybe puts up close to 70 points this year. Yeah, I mean, is there a world in which uh, Seth Jarvis drops 30 goals? Yeah, where that whole top line, they all have 30 goals at the end of the year. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially since you're going to need to find some extra offense here in the first. Uh, what Patriotty's up to out to what, February? Yeah, pretty close to it, yeah. So four or five months of the the beginning of the season, the, the, the bulk of the season – they're going to really be relying on that the top line uh, more so than you know come playoff time when they'll get some they'll get some air support from Pacioretty. Uh Any other? Oh, you know, let's let's do our. Uh, if you missed the first show, rather than trying to give predictions on you know, hey, this team's going to make the playoffs. Uh, we, we I think we can all agree, Carolina is going to make the playoffs. This is a like uh, almost guarantee playoff team here, but. Uh, we wanted to give our ceiling and our floor for where we think these teams will end up. We're not giving our basement. We're not like, well, if they have injuries, then they'll miss the playoffs entirely. Well, of course, that's any team could suffer a crazy amount of injuries and miss the playoffs. Uh, but we're giving our reasonable ceiling and a floor. Uh, Justin, where do you have the Hurricanes at for this season? Yeah, for my, I'll, I'll start with the ceiling here. I think for me, it's it's a Stanley Cup win. Um, I think this team, you know, again, assuming everybody's healthy and, and back, um, you know, I think with a, with a, you know, full healthy, you know, Freddie Anderson, Max Pacioretty in there and Sebastian Ajo at center, I think you've got enough talent, great coaching. You've got a fantastic defense that never gets enough credit in my opinion, um, you know, to be one of the top defenses in the, in the league here where they can really go on a nice run. And I think they would have a, a really good shot at winning the Stanley cup. Now, on the opposite end with my, my basement as far as where I see this team, um, I see them probably as a second-round, uh, you know, loss. I think, you know, whomever they have to play in the first round, I think they could probably, you know, take on your Bostons, your New York Islanders, um, and, and get through that first round no problem. Now when you get to the second round and maybe you have to match up against the Rangers, Pittsburgh again, that's where you could probably run into some trouble if guys start, you know, um, you know start having dry spells and you just don't have enough you know, scoring depth, you know, maybe Andre Kasha's not doing it on your third line. Kokaniemi's just, you know, not what we are thinking or not what Carolina thinks he could be. So this could, you know, this could dry up real quick for them in the second round. Yeah. I, I'll go. My ceiling is, is probably somewhere in the, in the conference finals. Uh, not that they couldn't win in the conference finals. I just don't think that they have that next level, uh, at any position, they don't have that superstar, and I think that that's pretty like super super superstar. Uh, they couldn't get past the New York Rangers. Why? They don't have the they didn't have the the goal scoring to score on Shesterkin. Now I'll say very few teams do, uh, but that that is going to be a that's maybe for the next five years. That's going to be the measuring stick to which all Metro teams have to have to use to measure. Can we score enough goals on Shesterkin in seven games to to beat them? I mean, it's a legitimate question, uh, especially yeah. since the Rangers' offense uh, is it's seemingly improving as as we move along here and as their kids develop and uh, and 
Panarin and Kreider. Panarin just makes everybody so good around him. Uh, yeah, just there's no guarantee that Carolina wins the division. So in the first round, you might be up against the Rangers. You know, you might be up against the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Washington Capitals. Now, I I think to me the the ceiling they could they could go to the to the conference finals. Um, the base the the floor is. You know, if if they have to play the Rangers in the first round, that's a tough out. Uh, but if you get to play most other teams, I think that they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Washington. Uh, I think I think they beat every other team in here except for the Rangers. To me, is the the Rangers is, is just going to be tough for them to get past. Um, and shoot, Pittsburgh, man, they're so good though. Pittsburgh is uh, is underrated, I think, coming in here. Uh, they've just lost so many times in the first round. You wonder, do they have another run in them? But any, anyways, I, 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 back to what I'm saying. My ceilings, probably the conference finals for this team again, uh, unless they, unless they maybe at. I mean, they add Pacioretty. I I guess I have to kind of see how how he plays for them and how healthy he really is when he comes back, but. Uh, I'm saying conference finals, and then the the, the floor is uh, losing in seven games in the first round to whomever they play. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, right? The the Rangers are going to be the measuring stick, and that could be a really good reason why you lose in the first round. So um, that's why I think, you know, second round, I think, you know, you're going to have the Rangers or Carolina finish first in this division. So I think that's why I th- yeah. I, I feel like if they're going to lose to anybody, it's in the second yeah, round against the Rangers. So. That's and that's fair. I, I I also like that's I'm I'm looking at the conference finals. I'm going well. That's either probably going to be Tampa, Toronto, Florida, or Boston. Uh, unlikely Boston. You know, Tampa, Toronto, Florida are, are probably your your most likely bets in the Atlantic to make it to the conference finals. And once again, you're looking at that Hurricanes team and how they match up, and you just you wonder if they have the the high level talent to get past those teams, and then even if they do, you've got either Edmonton or Colorado breathing down your neck and coming at you in the next <laughs> round. Uh, I will say this though: I would love to see a Toronto Carolina uh, conference final with a healthy Freddie Anderson in there and see what happens. As long as the Leafs win, I'd love to see that. <laughs> um, well, no, at least that means the Leafs won a playoff round. Um, <laughs> Okay, where where uh, should we go next? You well, want- you mentioned you just mentioned the team. I I say let's let's head over to Pittsburgh. Okay, let's let's head over to Pittsburgh. I wish we had some like uh, some in between music that was like uh, I don't know like Transition. Frank Sinatra singing about Pittsburgh or something. Some like Steel City. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of that. I just made that. Uh, it sounded great, but I wish we had. I wish we had that. You know, maybe I'll I'll write that song tonight. That's my goal. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll let I'll let you you get us started on the Penguins. Oh, Pittsburgh. Where do we Where do we start? I mean, obviously the the first place to start is re-signing, right? The the two of the big three there. When you get somehow managed to get Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang signed. Uh, the way they did was just spectacular. I mean, I'll tip my cap to Ron Hextall for doing that because, uh, to be frank, I honestly thought Evgeny Malkin's walking. I think he's going to Washington. That's what I said all season long or all off season long because I just I realistically did not see this team having the money to keep both of them. I mean, really, when you have to choose between Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin, right, you don't have that 
number one defenseman to replace Latang, and you could find somebody to fill in at the number two center spot if you really wanted to, um, i.e. your Vincent Trocheks or whomever. So, you know, the bigger loss would have been Latang, and so clearly that's what they thought too. They get him signed first, but um, man, they they ended up giving out maybe a year or two more to each one of these guys, and than I think they probably would have liked to, but that's what it took to get it done, right? That's the focus, and so now you have your big three back. These guys will have been playing together for 45 years by the time their careers are over. <laughs> and, and then, you know what, speaking of defense, you go out, you, you make a trade, uh, you move you know, Marino out, you bring in Jeff Petrie, uh, you bring in Ty Smith, you, you, you make some moves to bring in a, you know, a, a Jan Ruda, and you, you bring in this whole new defense core, basically, um, to surround Chris Letang with because you want to make one more run at it, right? I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, you know, Malkin and Crosby are getting up there. They're 35 and 36 each. And so, um, you know, how many, I mean, let's be honest, how many quality years are you going to have left? I think Sidney Crosby's still an amazing talent. Um, you know, I would still take him as a top 10 centerman in this league all day long, but you know, at some point he's going to start slowing down. And so I don't know, maybe he is, he's, maybe he's one of those, you know, those guys that can still bring it into their, you know, their forties, no problem. And, you know, I hope that's the case because, you know, I don't ever want to have to see the day where the game leaves Crosby before Crosby leaves the game. So, um, you know, and then, of course, we've got Jake Gensel still here. Brian Russ, they managed to re-sign him, too. Maybe maybe a couple more dollars than I would have preferred to give him. But, you know, again, that's that's what happens when you want to make another run at it, right? You, you end up overpaying some guys and give them a year or two more than maybe you would have because you just say, hey, you know what, we're throwing all of our cards, all of our chips in, we're – we're showing our hand here, and this is we're we're making a run, and it's very clear now. Uh, what I will say about this window is it could be cut very very short if they don't figure out how to get Tristan Jari re-signed here. But um, I guess that's a discussion for the offseason next year. But for now, this team looks like they're still ready and able to compete. Yeah, I mean, for who cares about five years from now? <laughs> no one, right. no one you care about right now, and and what you can do. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to see a full season of of Ricard Raquel for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I think that he, you know, he he did he played pretty decent when he came there uh, from Anaheim, and I think a full season he signs a big deal in what uh, five five uh, six year five million dollars a a pop. So uh, he had 13 points in 19 games there. You know, you, you maybe are looking for even better once you develop that chemistry. If you if you look at uh, when there were there were eight games there down the stretch where Getzel, Crosby, and Raquel were playing together five on five, and uh, they outscored their opponents nine to one in those games, which is uh, pretty pretty darn significant. You know, all their possession numbers were really high. Uh, they played almost ninety minutes together and scored nine goals. So. Uh, very productive. I'm I'm hoping that we see that. I know that Russ tends to play with the with the two of them, uh, but in reality, throughout the entire year, uh, they played over 500 minutes together. And uh, and while they were in the positive of possession, it, they still weren't they weren't world beers. 51.62 on the Corsi, uh, but 25 goals for and 20 against for that that quote unquote top line for the Penguins. Uh, in a five-on-five situation isn't phenomenal. Uh, You'd like to see a a much wider gap in your goals for and against. 
And I think that they should hopefully move Ricard Raquel up there and uh, see what kind of damage he can do and see if Raquel can, you know, maybe uh, get back to that uh, 30 goal score. You know what? <laughs> it's been a minute since he scored 30 goals, but uh, it's been, that's the last time he even scored 20 was 2017, 18. Uh, is this year that, oh, well, I guess I'm sorry. He did score 20 goals this last year just for two different teams. Uh do we see Ricard Raquel getting up in that 25 to 30 goals this year? Yeah. I don't think that's that's out of the question. When Playing for play a good with, offensive team, right? Right. Crosby or Malkin. I mean, I think the possibility is there for sure. I mean, you've seen what Crosby has done for a Brian Rust here and what Malkin can do for, you know, some wingers. So it's more than possible Ricard Raquel has just a resurgence and a, a fantastic year. Yeah. I, You know, the, the one player that I have – uh, some big question marks about Jason Zucker. Uh, yes. he's he has not been the player that I, I think they thought they were getting. Obviously, he's been injured. He really has only played in three seasons, albeit shortened. Uh, he did play all fifteen games in the at the trade deadline when he was traded to Pittsburgh, and then Pittsburgh was subsequently swept in that first round that year. Um, but he only played 38 in 2021 and then 41 last year uh, and did not score a goal in the playoffs this last year either. So definitely low like low expectations coming in, but it is a contract year. Uh, he has shown that he can score goals in the past. Uh, he's the you know, same year that Ricard Raquel scored 30. Jason Zucker had 33. So you're, you wonder if he can... You know, find his goal scoring touch again, uh, or does Pittsburgh try to offload him to someone uh, in the hopes of bringing in more offense up front? Like this, in my mind, you're the the Penguins have to go for it this year. Like they, I don't know how many years they're going to have where they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders. I think they still are. Tristan Jari is a UFA at the end of this year. It's time to go for it. And uh, I wonder if Zucker is moved in order to bring in uh, a bigger name, uh, a bigger, it's possible. A, you know, a bigger, a, a actual goal scorer, not a sure. goal scorer from five years ago. Yeah, I mean that's that's more impossible, right? Because again, like you you mentioned, they're they're throwing it all in. They're they're trying to trying to win now, right? So they've got they still got their first and second round picks for the next three years to do so. So they've got capital to to make that push. And if you can move Zucker's contract at five point five you can create enough cap space to bring in just about anybody at that point. Um, you know, cause let's, let's face it, you know, throughout the course of the year, guys are going to get injured and you'll free up a million or two bucks and, sure. you know, LTIR money. Uh, but you know what? I, I think more realistically, um, at least, to you know, at the beginning of the season, one name I'd like to keep an eye on for, for penguin fans and, uh, came over in a trade from Chicago is Alexander Nylander. Um, oh. a guy who at, you know, 24 years old, he's, he's pretty much, you know, should be developed at this point, but 30 points in 44 games for the, the Scranton Penguins there in the AHL. I think he has an opportunity to come in at camp and improve. He belongs in this, in this league still. I mean, he, he had one full season with Chicago back in 1920 and put up 26 points, but uh, you know, Hey, he can come in and he could potentially push for a third line spot on the wing there. I think he, you know, he still has enough offensive upside, you know, drafted eight overall for a reason, you know, in 2016. So sure. He, he could be someone that could potentially push for a spot there and, 
you know, maybe, you know, make a case to say, hey, you know what, um, here, go ahead and trade Jason Zucker now because uh, you've got me. Yeah, the the bottom the bottom of Pittsburgh's lineup is definitely not also like set in stone by any means. Uh, Danton Heinen, Danton Heinen is is probably uh, the only one that you're looking at saying, yeah, I mean he'll he'll make the team. He had a nice year last year too. Uh, and I'd throw Teddy Bluger's name. Teddy in there. Bluger, I mean, he's yeah. going to take the fourth line center spot. Um, yeah, yeah. I I you know. I don't think but, that Drew O'Connor's a lock to be on that fourth line. I, I uh, there's there's all sorts of players that could be shifted around, and so we'll uh, we'll see what the Penguins' bottom half of their line. That's probably the bigger question. Like you look at Casperi Kapanen, you know, can he have a bounce back year? He only had 11 goals. I think the Penguins have been expecting more of him coming over from Toronto. He had a 20 goal season. Uh, and then you know, thirteen in a shortened season, uh, and then he just can't he can't seem to get past that eleven goal mark, which he scored twice for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, and and he's only has one goal in the playoffs in thirteen games. Uh, you, to me, he's one of your big like him Zucker. There's been some players who have underperformed here, and it's time to figure out like either. Is there something there, or do they need to move on from these guys and and bring someone else in? I think that's the uh, the biggest question marks because those you know what you're going to get from Crosby, you know what you're getting from Malkin and uh, and and from Getzel. It's it's going to be those guys down in the lineup because look what happened to the Penguins when Crosby got hurt in the playoffs. If they were going to win that series, and then he got hurt, like I'm convinced they would have won that series. He gets hurt and. They just could not figure it out. They they could not they could not do it after he got hurt, and that's uh, it's troubling when if one player goes out, it's almost like well, no no chance, <laughs> right? <laughs> no chance. So yeah, I will say this though. They I mean next season you look they've got nearly twenty million dollars in projected cap space now. Uh, you know if they resign Tristan Jari, that could eat up a, a good chunk or a third of that, but. Still, if yeah, they're going to sign Nathan whatever. McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if it doesn't work out this season, they've got some room to uh, to bring in a big star name if they want to. But um, yeah, that's what I hear. Nathan McKinnon wants to yeah, play with his, yeah. his old buddy Sidney Crosby. They want to get the <laughs> uh, the uh, Cole Harbor boys together for uh, for one hurrah in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, tell me what your uh, what do you think ceiling and floor for this team yeah ceiling for this team i think is just getting to the second round um i i really have a tough time thinking that they can go much further than that just because when you talk we we've mentioned it the lack of scoring outside of jeff carter on that bottom six right it's it's really difficult when you when you start getting into that grind that second round uh where teams rely on a lot more depth to you know to assist with the scoring and um you know they might get lucky and they might finish uh you know might finish third or second and get a matchup against somebody that's a little bit favorable and who knows maybe they play the rangers again and and uh somehow manage to beat them this time but um regardless after that then you've, you've got to play uh you know a carolina ranger team again and so to me i just i don't know if if they have enough firepower to get past that um given what these other teams have also added you know in carolina and, and the rangers so to me i just their ceiling to me is the second round uh, as far as the bottom is concerned, I think literally it could be uh, 
a Stanley Cup playoff miss, right? They're just on the outside by a couple points. Um, you know, we talked about Columbus improving with Johnny Goudreau and, you know, Patrick Laine in there, maybe Kent Johnson. Uh, the Islanders rebounding the second half of the season. Maybe they continue that resurgence throughout the entire year instead of half the year. And, um, you know, maybe they push a team like Pittsburgh out the door. Okay. Uh, I, that wouldn't be my, my basement. I think this is a playoff team all the way. Uh, maybe a wild card, but uh, but I think that they're a playoff team. I think this is one of those teams where all they got to do is just get in. If Pittsburgh gets in and can stay healthy, I think they have a very high ceiling because of their because of their experience and their high level of play. Uh, I can see them going to the conference finals. I don't know if I can see them uh, them getting past there. That's probably that's my like. If there's if they are healthy, this team could go to the conference finals. Uh, but if you know, even if it's just like a moderate kind of health thing. Uh, I, I still think their floor is making the playoffs and just you know losing in a good first round. Uh, sure, but I there is a world now when I, I I think when it's it's fair to say that like you know we give our ceiling we give our fl- our floor. Uh, of course, there's always the the brutal season where like just shit hits the fan and hey you miss the playoffs and you got to kind of reset. Uh, but I, I, there also is Pittsburgh not that like. They're one of the few teams that are in that, like, eh, they could miss the... There's a world where they could miss the playoffs, but there's also a world where they could win the Stanley Cup. Like, they have the team... They have the, the horses to do it. Uh, the, the experience, the goal scoring, the, that superstar level. Uh, if Malkin and Crosby can reach into the past just a little bit for 25 games, they could win the Stanley Cup. But they could also miss the playoffs and that's what's so interesting about this team uh is that you know you're you're it, they remind me a lot of the well, i'll say like 2010 detroit red wings like ooh, okay ooh, this I team like could win the cup but they could also not and and lose in the first <laughs> round like they're they're they they remind like they me a lot of the, pay, in a row of, the, of the wings <laughs> right they remind me a lot of the red wings where they've got the talent to go do it it's a matter of like maybe some of it is you know hey they've done it so many times they don't really i don't i'm not trying to say they don't care but they maybe aren't as hungry as other teams who have never been there or other players who have never been there uh it's a different requires a different level of motivation so uh and and maybe one that there's a reason why you don't see too many teams win the Stanley Cup and then win it again later. The, the Penguins did that, but to go do it again would be, I think, probably unlike anything we've ever seen. You know, so it's very unlikely in my mind that they ever go back and win the Cup with this group, but uh, they are the one group of players in this category that still have the potential to win a Cup if, if a lot of things go, go right. Sure. And Tristan Jari, we didn't even talk about Tristan Jari much, or uh, you know the kind of the swap out on on defense with Jeff Petrie coming in there too. But uh, I, I Tristan Jari, I think is probably going to be maybe even better this year, um, and hopefully not get hurt right at playoff time and pull a Freddie Anderson and and then the <laughs> the Penguins. You know, had he been healthy, I think the Penguins probably probably uh, skate pretty easily past the Rangers in that first round the way that they played. So. That's uh, 
the Penguins maybe are the hardest team to nail down where they will ultimately fall. For me, for me. Fair. Um, okay, well, uh, let's go to the, oh, I'll say the New York Islanders since we were <laughs> we were wondering if we, did we do the New York Islanders? And <laughs> we were texting earlier, did we do the Islanders? No, we did not. Uh, and so we're going to do them right now. Uh, the Islanders are, I mean, they were in the conference final and then they missed the playoffs this past year. I think it was 13 straight games to start the season on the road. Then they got hit with COVID. Uh, and that's enough for me to say, let's just write this one off, uh, get a tax break, and let's come back next year with the, uh, <laughs> with the same exact team. <laughs> the same exact team. I don't know if I would have done that, Lou Lamarillo, uh, outside of Alexander Romanov, but uh, here we are. The 2021-22 New York Islanders, the exact same team coming back for uh, for this year. Uh, what do you think of the Islanders coming into this season? Boy, um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just kind of write off last year because you saw it down the stretch, right? They were, they were playing some pretty good hockey. Um, with nothing to lose, yeah. Right, yeah, with nothing to lose. That's exactly how it usually goes, right? <laughs> um, listen, I, I don't necessarily agree with Lou and – you know, I, I, I like what you said there where they, they just decided to come back with the exact same team now. Oh, minus the head coach. Sorry. Minus right, the, yeah. Minus the but best coach in hockey. It's... We need a new voice, so we're going to go ahead and bring in the head coach's former assistant for years and years and years. So, yeah, there's no chance he's going to bring in the exact same doctrine or, you know, <laughs> mentality, right? It's right, going to be right. completely different. So uh, nuts to that. You're going to get the same coaching that you pretty much got, maybe minus a few tweaks here and there, but sure. for the most part – I don't think you can do better than Barry Trotz anyways, so good luck. Um, and that might ultimately be what, you know, determines how this season goes for this team. Um, you know, I still think they have enough decent talent up front. Um, you know, they tried, from what I understand, they tried to bring in Nazem Kadri. Um, I'm sure they made a run at Johnny Goudreau, but obviously they just don't have the cap because they decided to give all these middle six players a bunch of five and six million dollar contracts for 20 years. And suddenly they wonder why we don't have any cap space, right? Let's go trade for for JG Pajot and wonder why. You know, Not a bad player to trade for at the deadline when when he was making. I Absolutely. I think he was making three point one million a year. That's a great cap hit for a guy who's putting up uh, that year. He put up you know 40, 40 points, forty two points, twenty twenty six goals though. So oh hey, he's a goal scorer. That's fine. Um, yeah, not. I mean, just not worth. He's he's. I'll say he's barely a forty a forty point player, barely. Right. <laughs> and but here's the thing, though. You know, on your depth chart, right? You've got Brock Nelson and Matthew Barzell already there, who are established one and two guys for your center depth. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let's go out and overpay for a guy who's who's traditionally been a top six guy, and hope that he still produces with reduced minutes, right? Yeah, he should be making more, probably like three point eight, maybe four. You know, four right. is a free. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's no wonder why he's he hasn't really like taken that next step or really played, you know, to that contract's potential. So, um, you know, again, the, it's just you know what what's what has to, what's going to give you know who's going to take that next step. And really, with everybody being so damn old, uh, really the only guy to look to is Matthew Barzell, uh, right? Is he going to take that next leap? But the problem has been is he's had no one to play on the wing with him, right? That was the concern and the question mark and really why they try to go out and, and try to land a big name free agent so they could find somebody to play on the wing with him. But they just, they don't have anybody. 
Right, right. Yeah, I, I when you when you said that thing about uh, being old, it made me just think of the the country song. I'm much too young to be this damn old. I think that's how the Islanders feel. Uh, <laughs> they 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 are they're older, and it's not like the Pittsburgh Penguins older. This like they're actually. I mean, their top players are a little younger than Crosby and Malkin, but nowhere near the talent level. Uh, nowhere near the impact on the ice, and it just, yeah, the a lot of the moves that they made, like for example, Kyle Palmieri bringing him in and, and paying him uh, an, another what's he made? He's Kyle Palmieri's at at five million dollars, and when they signed him to that deal, he had only scored ten goals that year. The, the year before, like, right. it's not as if he was, yes, he was two years removed from a 25 goal season, three from a 27. Like he was a very consistent player. Uh, he had five seasons in a row of 24 or more goals at, that's fine. But then you, he goes and he puts up an eight, a 10 goal season, 21 points. And you say, no, we, we got to pay him. We got to pay him 5 million bucks. No, you should have paid him three. <laughs> again like <laughs> and and or let someone else pay him five and and it's coming back to bite them because they if they had done that if they had done that they they would have Nazem Kadri or or they would have uh Johnny Goudreau who makes an actual impact on the ice uh in a in a huge way makes players around him better whereas Paul Mary is a a secondary guy he's somebody who needs who needs someone to so that he can compliment them. He's not the he's not the guy. He's the complimentary piece. Same with JG Pajot. Uh, really, you've I, I guess in some respects you can say, well, you know, Anders Lee. I mean, shoot, Anders Lee is only a fifty point guy barely, and he's making seven million dollars. Like, yeah, I know he's got intangibles, but still, I actually like as I you know. As we're doing the research for this uh, this division, and I, I'm going to just jump kind of right right into that conversation of the of the basement and the ceiling because the Islanders did so little in the off season that uh, I mean everyone knows this team. If you've been around ho- watching hockey for the last 18 months, you know this team. This is the same exact team plus Alexander Romanov. Uh, I I look at this and I just go. I don't see a world in which the Islanders make the playoffs. So let's just go ahead there and say my my ceiling for this team is not even making the playoffs. I don't think they're a playoff team in this division. Frankly, I don't think there's a division in the NHL where they make the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't think they're a wild card. I, I just don't see it. And I think that their floor is actually pretty darn close to the last place in the to last place in the NHL minus Arizona and you know you're like we're gonna purposely lose um, maybe the Chicago Blackhawks you toss them in there like they're just they're that clip above them uh, I I don't think they're gonna be in playoff contention I don't think that they're gonna be in contention for dead last but I think that they're gonna be I guess maybe probably finish somewhere pretty similar to where they finished last year. And that is very much in the basement. Uh, well, I guess I guess last year they had 84 points. I, I think that they will be sixth in this division, seventh. So I think they fall. Uh, wow. and that's, okay. that's my floor. I, 
I, I, I really think there is a world in which this is the worst team in this division. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's possible, right? But I, So here's the thing. When you look at every other team around them that was below them in the standings, right, Columbus, New Jersey, and Philly, granted, maybe, you know, Philly not getting better, but New Jersey, Columbus have all improved, in my opinion. And so they're, right. they're, there's two teams that could easily jump the Islanders, assuming that, you know, again, that they are improving. Now, uh, the one saving grace I will say is, um, you know, I, I really like this defense. I think they have a quality top six. Um you know, and you know they managed to steal Noah Dobson to a to a four million dollar contract. I figured he was probably going to be closer to six. Um, you know, but again, great quality young guy. I don't understand why they decided to give up a first rounder for Romanoff, but hey, whatever. That's you know he's twenty two years old, so maybe they felt like it was worth it. Um, but more than anything else, right? You got the good defense. You have, in my opinion, the best tandem goaltending in this league right now. Um, you know, because to me, Sorokin is going to be a top three, top four goaltender in this league next year. And Semyon Varlamov, to me, if he's on another team as a starter, he's potentially a top 10 starter in almost any other team outside of like Seattle, Arizona and those bottom feeder teams. Hmm. So, you know, he could go to a team, you know, like Colorado when they were looking for a goaltender. He could walk in there and be, you know, easily top 10, no problem. So, you know, to me, I think he's still a quality goaltender at 34. And especially with, you know, that contract year here, he's going to, you know, maybe not get as many games as he would like to get in, but I still think he's going to go out and put up, put up some pretty good numbers. But to me, it comes down to goal scoring, right? I just don't think they have enough up front. That's exactly it. You can have great goaltending. They're not, you can't put the puck in the net. You're not going to win. Right. Exactly. They're going to finish towards the bottom of the league in goal scoring. And, you know, when you're relying on guys like Kyle Palmieri, you know, Brock Nelson to score goals for you, it's just not going to work out in my opinion. And so that's why I think, especially when you have an inexperienced head coach, a guy who's only been assistant, no head coaching experience really, um, you know, like this, I think it's going to be a tough uphill climb for him. And it's just going to, I think, not necessarily blow up in his face, but I don't think it's going to go the way anybody thought it would. Yeah. And when you look at, uh, when you look at goal scoring, uh, I, I think the only teams that, uh, like Vegas and Columbus, they both missed the playoffs and were in the top sixteen of goal scoring. Uh, Boston and the Rangers were the a couple, and then the L.A. and Dallas were out of that too, uh, out of the tops uh, in terms of goal scoring. For it's just so important to be able to score goals. Like very few teams get to not score a lot of goals and still make the playoffs. It just doesn't right. happen very often. So y- you got to think. Man, can the Islanders score more goals than 230 like they did last year? Uh, I mean, they they were just so bad, minus 82 goals, and that's with the great goaltending tandem. It's not like the tandem was different last year. That's with this great tandem, and I just I don't see where I'll say it, where it matters because <laughs> they just aren't going to be able to score goals. I don't think that that anyone on this team is all of a sudden just going to become a great goal scorer again. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong and maybe Lane Lambert just opens everything up and lets everyone do their thing. I, I have to think that there will be a little bit looser reins in terms of defensively, you know, where they can kind of try some things, but let's be honest. It's not like Matthew Barzell 
is just a, a crazy goal scorer. No, he was setting guys up. In in seventeen eighteen, when he had 22 goals and 85 points, his best season, uh, which was his rookie season, I mean, he... He hasn't scored 20 goals ever since the first year. No, and I, he... Now, in, in fairness, in the COVID year, he would have scored... He would have scored 20. He has scored at a higher clip... Uh, in 1920 and in 2021, you know, he had 19 goals in 68 games and 17 and 55. So he he did score at a 20 goal pace, but sure. he's not a goal scorer. That's not he he's a he's a setup man, and there's just not really any pure goal scorers on this team anymore. Some of these like Paul Mary was a goal scorer. Uh, he's not. He's a he's a top nine. You know, throw him on your third line, maybe on your second line. He'll get you 20 goals. Uh, but he's not someone who's moving the needle greatly in one direction. You know, you Brock Nelson can score a few goals, but no, no one's putting up outside of Barzell. No one's going to put up a point per game. Uh, and there's just not a whole lot where you're like, Ooh, yeah, we're excited to go and watch this guy play outside of Barzell. There's really no one. And, uh, yeah. and that was the beauty of Barry Trotz is that he was able to, Hey, we don't have a whole lot here. Remember, they're they defensively they were terrible, and they they just he came in, changed them, and they were a, a really good team. And the first year that he came in, and the problem is, I just don't think you can do that forever. And they really haven't changed their personnel to try and score some goals. They have their personnel set up to hey, let's grind other teams down, and and we'll try to win these low scoring games. And I don't think that's going to work anymore it's just not you've got to be able to score goals in this league now and yep that's uh, that's why i'm gonna say my ceiling is wild card team at best and and honestly i'm with you right i think they finish second to last in this division as far as the the basement's concerned okay sorry i was just taking a drink no i appreciate i it. thought you were gonna talk <laughs> longer <laughs> uh, okay well you know that's uh I mean, we're in an hour, so we're just going to uh, – that's going to be our last team for today. And uh, the last two teams in our Metropolitan Division, the Philadelphia Flyers – and wait, do we only have one left? No, we got the Rangers too. Oh, we haven't done the Rangers yet. Okay, so ne- our, we'll do a, uh, a New York Rangers-Philadelphia Flyers uh, show and uh, and then – We'll probably do do a couple teams from another division as a as a separate show. I have two shows in a week or something like that. But anyways, we'll keep chugging through these teams uh, as as we you know near training camp. I was looking at it, it's like twenty or nineteen days until the first preseason game, something like that. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get going on these division previews. We are getting close. <laughs> yeah, we gotta uh, you know maybe maybe move a little quicker, but uh, <laughs> it's fine fine by me. Uh, we'll just have to do you know. We'll just have to do three-hour shows and just do the whole division. Beautiful. So, All right. Well, that's uh, part two of the Metro Division. Uh, go back, listen to part one. Look forward to part two. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, Justin, hope you have a great evening to our listeners. Thanks for being here, and we will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>